Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Scummy Mummies podcast. Okay, welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Ellie Gibson. And today we're joined by Philippa Perry. I thought you were scrummy mummies. A scummy mummies is much more manageable for me than scrummy (laughs) mummies would be. Never scrummy. It's it's a common mistake. We've been called scrummy mummies, yummy mummies, scrumpy mummies. Yes. Cider lovers. I know. I think we're going to launch our own brand, aren't we? Yeah, Yeah. I think so. That's a really good idea. Yeah. But no, we are are scummy. Philippa, are you a scummy mummy? Um, I'm not particularly clean and tidy. There we are. She's on brand. Yeah. She's on brand. We did meet you while we were all holding lots of champagne in our hands and guzzling wine. So we we kind of instantly liked you anyway. Yes, Uh, alcoholics do tend to club together. (laughs) Funny that. So, Philippa, you're a psychotherapist. I am. And you're an author, you're an agony aunt, and you're a woman with excellent hair. And, yeah. I'm, and this is one of the times where I think, God, we need to be 3D. Or what's the word? Visual. Because <laughs> you're missing out on Philip's yeah, hair. Yeah, my, my hair is absolutely fantastic. And for, for the people that cannot see it, I feel sorry for you, but mm. it's like this. It's black with white stripes. Sort of think zebra, think badger, that sort of thing. We're going to kind of do a sort of agony aunt psychotherapy special. Basically, Philippa, we, we're on the couch and we want you to sort out our our whole lives, our children, our marriages, our relationships, our careers, etc. Is that all right? Is that fair enough? Won't take long. Great. Are you fucked? Yes, you are. Uh, okay, great. Should we... Speaking of which, shall we start with relationships? Yeah, speaking of fucking. Um, yeah. So, so Philippa, how do you have a happy and healthy relationship? What's, what's, what's the key? What? Who with? Uh, your husband or your partner, your, your lady, your man? Why do you want to prioritize that anyway? Well, you know, something to do, isn't it? Just, I'm just curious. Yeah, Helen, why, why, tell us why that's something you're particularly interested in. <laughs> well, if, how to have a happy and healthy relationship is don't worry about your own happiness. Just think about theirs. <laughs> Fill up their cup and maybe a little bit might just overflow and come your way. No, basically be nice. That's There we are. That's That, that was worth going to university for three years for, wasn't it? Good. Um, how long have you been married? Quite a long time. How long have you been married? Uh, well, I've been married since 1987, but we've been together. No, I've been married since 1992, but we've been together since 1987. Right, so nearly 30 years. Nearly yeah. 30 years, yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you but think? I don't look it. I'm very young looking. You got married when you were 12? No, I got <laughs> married when I was 35. That's very young. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what what do you think has kept has kept your relationship going all these years? Um, laziness. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, shared TV viewing habits. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, and uh, separate holidays. Ah. Um, what else has kept it going? I think is that we do try and be nice, even when we might not feel like it. So. If you're feeling irritated anyway, it is so easy to blame how you feel on the person closest to you. We try not to do that. Mm. That's a good choice. That's yeah. tough though, isn't it? If you are having a particularly shit day, do you, is it just about being conscious and just thinking? I mean, if you're feeling depressed and annoyed, it's, it's rather than look into yourself thinking, you know, how am I treating myself? What am I doing? It's so much easier to go. And if you did the holiday planning washing up uh thinking or whatever it's supposed to be my life would be better you are the problem don't do that right 
I would suggest, what do you think about this? I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but here's my tip. Separate duvets and, and an enormous bed. So Pete and I have got a super king-sized bed and, uh, yeah, separate. He, he likes a very thin IKEA 599 monk's blanket. I like a Hungarian goose down 58 tog, you know, and then there's no arguments and no, well, we don't even have to touch each other. It's well, that, that is a sort of metaphor for actually, at the beginning, you'll put up with all sorts of things like, you know tiny duvets and stuff like that because you're in love Mm. and after a while you actually want your own comforts and how you like things and so you just really have to acknowledge these differences and actually separate rooms isn't such a bad idea I mean you can still commute and that's quite exciting Mm. but you know do you really want to read in the middle of the night because that light you know it's not quite working for me Mm. so stuff like that yeah what about separate rooms, but like adjoining, and then one of those little hatches they used to have, like in the seventies, where you'd put the dinner through, and then if you fancied a bit of, you know, you could just open the flaps and then put oh, your open the flaps, flaps out, <laughs> show your bits through the window, and then that's that's sexy time, seems, isn't it? Seems ideal to me. That's there we an are. Ideal solution. Yeah. I think you and I should write a book. Separate, separate duvets and a hatch. That's yeah. the secret. Hatch and to snatch. Long-lasting yeah. oh, love. Nice. Yeah. All right. So we cracked the nut of relationships. So yeah. No, we haven't. Okay. I think the idea is that people think for relationships, you do need to do things like have sex four times a week, share a bed, have fantastic foreign holidays together and stuff like that. But actually, those are cliches. What you really need to do is find your own way. And it basically boils down to how much can I stand? How much can he stand? And can we stand it together? So it's, it's just sort of like, what can you tolerate? What do you actually enjoy and what is like, no, that's where I've got to put a boundary. Mm. So you do need to put boundaries down. My boundary is no lights on at 3am. You know, you've got to have a boundary Mm. like that and and work around it. I think that's fair enough. Uh, Mine is uh, get your own duvet, don't touch me. So there we are. We're very happy. (laughs) We're very, very happy. (laughs) Mine is pick up your fucking shoes off the couch. So that's, yeah, that's good. good. You do have a thing about shoes, don't you? Yeah, I just don't like coming into the room in the morning and seeing the shoes in front of the couch. So he's obviously just come home, taking the shoes off, sat down from the telly and then just walked away. We're not going to get on very well together because if you, by the end of the week, I'm, I confess I have a clean up by the, by about Sunday, there's about six pairs of shoes at my end of the sofa. (laughs) As I take them off, walk away, cannot find them in the morning, put on a different pair. And that's where they all end up. And then congregation of shoes. And then at the beginning of the week, I think, great. I've got all my trainers back. This is fantastic. (laughs) but why does the shoes bother you so much? I don't know. I just think it's like, you know, there's a shoe area. It's mm. one thing I have created in my house is the shoe area. Uh, and that, and saying you've done the dishes, and but not done the hard pots. Oh, yeah. Or say you've hung out the washing, but not hung out the towels. That kind of thing. That that irks me. Where you say, oh, no, but I, I did it. Uh, so that that would be it. But yeah, the shoes thing. I think it's Do you think it's a metaphor, Philippa? Do you think the shoes is a metaphor? That's exactly where I was going. Come on! <laughs> I'm nailing this. We're going so deep. <laughs> These are just examples of, you know, you have a boundary, don't you? Yeah. You put up with something, but not something else. Mm. Uh, my personal one is I don't like shirtless downstairs. Don't mind naked. Don't mind bottomless. Can't bear shirtless. And it comes back from my pretentious, uh, you know, uh, socially climbing parents who thought that if you went around the trousers, went around with just trousers and top, it was like a miner's cottage <laughs> and could not be tolerated. So this ghastly snobbism is, is within me and I'm not being programmed. Of it, yeah. but, uh, but I think it's something like that. I think it's something like, you know, your parents might have told you that shoes were dirty or something. Mm. And so you've just got this thing of, that is so wrong. But yeah. it isn't. It's just, it's not wrong to walk around the house without a shirt on. It's not wrong to take your shoes off and leave them there. Yeah. But somehow we feel like the world will fall apart if these rules aren't kept together. Yeah. And we can either indulge each other by keeping to these minor kind of boundaries, or we can look in deep and think, do you really want to carry on being the same sort of snob your parents were? Mm. So in Helen's case, do you think she should focus on not being bothered by the shoes, or do you think her husband should say, look, this really annoys her, I'm going to focus on not doing it? 
Who's right, Philippa? There's no right. There's well, no wrong. There is no. There's no right. There's no wrong. I think basically what you have to calibrate is like who gets the most annoyed about something. Who cares the most? So if you care more about the shoes being put away than he does about putting them away, then you get the shoes put away. Yeah. If he cares more about the right to leave his shoes where he takes them off than you do about them being put away, like it is in my house, mm. then that's right. It's just a matter of assessing feelings. Feelings, rather than reasons, need to be the things that are looked at in a long-term relationship. Because we actually uh, are motivated by feeling, not by what is right. What is right is the mere justification of feeling. I think you've really got to get away from thinking you're objective and get in touch with what you're subjective about. Then you'd be much easier to get along with. It's not that anything is going to change. Yeah. But instead of saying, we have to do the washing up because that's hygienic, you say instead, I get really uncomfortable when the washing up isn't done. Then we can all relax a bit because we know the real reason the washing up's been done. Or get a dishwasher. That's the right answer. Tick. (laughs) 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 I think we've all got our irks. I was like, the the other day I put a pair of shoes on a table and Ellie, Ellie, Ellie nearly inverted. She's like, I can't stand it, can't bear it. Can't put shoes on a yeah. table. And yeah. I did try and be polite about it because, in, in fact, it's exactly what you're saying. I, I did have the thought in my head. I thought that really bothers me. I, it did make me think. In my house, you just do. You never put shoes on the table, not just because it's dirty, isn't it? And you eat off the table, and uh, it bothers uh, me. So uh, I had to move. Uh, okay, them. let's forget dirty and you eat right. off the table because that's a that's a post rationalisation for your feelings. Okay, just leave it. I don't like it. You don't, don't, you like don't it. have yeah. to get the magnifying glass out and prove that there's microbes there. It's about feelings. You just don't want the shoes on the table. That's it. Fair enough. So, yeah, but that's good. Like, Ellie and I have a relationship because we have to work together most days. Um, so don't we... sound so down about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sound too keen. <laughs> but no, so we, we have to work out, you know, we've just written a book together. and yeah. we have to. That's quite intense. Or we write shows or we yeah. tour together. So we have to find a way. I mean, we're just pretty honest with each other, are we? And we're different enough that it doesn't doesn't cause too much of a what, fraction. What generally happens, okay, in any uh, partnership or uh, group or whatever that's working together is, first of all, you form, you come together, mm. then you norm. This means that you you just get into the groove of what seems to work, and then when you get a bit comfortable, you'll get irritated. By the other person. Because you know, at first you're so pleased that you've all come together, it feels great. Then you start to get irritated. And so you you form, you norm, and then you storm. Awesome. And then awesome. you go, awesome. look, uh, every time you come to my house, you put your shoes on the table, this is just not on. You go, oh God, you're so uptight, blah, blah, blah. So you have a row. And then when you feel you can really get right up to each other's boundaries, you actually become bigger, more... More, more functional people and then you perform so you can remember this by form, norm, storm, perform so what's the perform bit? that's when you actually are a really functioning relationship because you can define yourself and say uh, this is me and the other person can define themselves and say this is me when you're just norming you're saying this is us mm. which isn't quite real good, excellent you know I, I, I'm feeling better about it because I I think there's this myth that you have to like everything about the other person or you have to have sex all the time or, as you said, have mini breaks in France together all the time to have that kind of notion of happy. Yeah, you've got, you've got a sort of like you're sold a notion of happy. Mm. And there's almost, right, you're also sold, you're sold with fear. Like, unless you go on a mini break, you will break up. No, you won't. Especially yeah. these mini breaks are such a pain in the arse. Who's looking after the cat for a start? You know? <laughs> it's the admin I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> and about, you know, frequency of sex and all that. All that There's is. no magic formula. No. I mean, I think it's perfectly uh, possible to have no sex at all and be completely devoted to each other. Mm. What it isn't, I don't think, possible to do is to be completely happy and have no touching. 
Um, mm. At the Gottman Institute, they found out that happiness, you can measure it by the number of sort of hugs and loving touches you have, is a better indicator of a good relationship than how many times you come together carnally. Right. Mm. Because there's not necessarily tenderness in carnal relations, whereas in, you know, stroking, there is. Yeah. So it's not number of times you release sex- sexual tension with each other or even fancying the pants off each other that is an indicator of a long marriage it's how often you lovingly touch hug more stroking less boning in a nutshell yeah. you don't have to you know ease off the boning right. you know if boning is your thing as is if playing golf together is your thing you just carry on doing it that's the way you come together mm. yeah great good on you and who doesn't like scratching an itch from time to time? But so loving touch is what you don't want to let go of. I'm gonna when my husband gets home from work tonight. I'm just gonna pat him gently until he says something nice. That'll probably work, wouldn't it? Mm, just see whether he wants that. <laughs> we, Sorry, we, we we do a thing. We do a hug it out thing because I read somewhere about you know you have to hug for a long time. Some thing oh, about that sounds you, exhausting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like if we've had a bit of a row about dishes or something like that, and then we go, okay, let's hug it out, and we have to stand in the kitchen and just hug for about thirty seconds, and just oh, I can't do it, doesn't it? Who, Who starts patting pain? first? Who starts yeah. patting? That's, so, that means you want to get out, doesn't it? Yeah. Does it? it does. Yeah, yeah. Whoever yeah. starts patting, that actually means release, release, get off, get off. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Da, da, yeah. Da, da, oh. Yeah. But doesn't it? Does it work? Because to me, that would feel sometimes if I've had a row, I don't feel like hugging them. No, it does. It just sort of. Until we sort of calm down and then go, right, let's move on. Yeah, whatever works for you. I've <laughs> never actually tried that one myself, but whatever. <laughs> no, one size does not fit all. No. One of these things my friend said to me the other day about marriage is that um, men never think the women are going to leave and um, women think that, they're going to, that men will change. And they're the two myths. And do you, would you agree with that? About about about, well, people, about those are myths. Yeah, or or, or that that's they are true. They're held beliefs. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't done the survey. Okay, um, so will people change? Do you you know? Yeah, when, we when, do change. Yeah, we do change in relationship. Maybe not in the way you want to change someone, but human beings are not made out of stone. We are organic creatures, and we actually form in relationship with each other. Now, you can see this in, in the biggest example is that, you know, your kids form in relationship with you and with, with, with their culture, and you can actually watch and observe that. But we don't stop forming in relationship with people. So we will continue to change. Now, when people say we've grown apart, I just go, oh, yawn, cliche. What is actually happening is that we grow all the time and it's whether you share the process of how you're impacted upon by the world and what new ideas you've had and whether you bring this back into a partnership in order to share it. And that's how we, you know, we continue to influence and change each other. And I think a good partnership is one where there is mutual impact. If anything you say or do has no effect on the other person, you get pretty fed up. Mm. Um, But whether you can change someone so they put their shoes away, I don't know. But you can certainly, you know, be open to new ideas and, and, you know, share what you've learned. And I think that makes for a good partnership. And I think it makes for a good relationship between parents and children, especially if it can go both ways and you learn from your children and your children tell you stuff or show you how to work your phone or whatever. And you go, you know, thanks. Thanks for teaching me. Mm. Because if you are open to be changed by your children, they are much more likely to be flexible and be changed by you because you Mm. are modelling flexibility. Is this getting too serious? No, it's this is, really this good. This is changing okay. our lives. This okay. is amazing. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm gonna when I get home, I'm gonna make Joe show me how to use the phone. He's only 21 months old, but it's worth a try. He's actually it? probably quite good at screens. They seem to pick them up instinctively. Oh. Yeah, it's a bit. 
is a bit frightening. Uh, so maybe my husband will grow up. That that's that. that okay. That, okay. That, 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 <laughs> all right. This this is opening another can of worms here. Maybe my husband will grow up. What I hear in that is, I'm right, you're wrong. And in order to grow up, what we must do is let go of having to be right. That is uh, the number one block in any relationship, whether it's your relationship with your child, your relationship with your partner. If you think, I'm right, you're wrong. Mm. And being right is more important than finding common ground, then you're on to a loser. Um, It's quite common for um, marital therapists, couples counsellors, to say to a a partnership, you have a choice. You can either be right and split up or allow yourself to be mistaken from time to time and stay together. Because the having to be right thing is actually... People think that if I let go of my position, I will be annihilated by the humiliation and shame. No, you won't. In fact, you can be proud of being flexible. Um, And also, shame doesn't kill you. So, for God's sake, let go of being right. Mm. I like that. That's great. I like that. Right, do you think we've cracked the relationship nut, Helen? I think so. I, I felt like I've just done a university course. I'm, I'm, I feel enriched and excellent. Great. Shall we move on to children? Yes. Oh, I like children. Um, and you've just done an amazing Radio 4 show about why children lie. I have. It it's is available for you. I just took one of my little aphorisms, which is don't look at the behaviour Look at the feelings under the behaviour. And there are many, many reasons why children and indeed adults lie. But don't just look at the lie and go, this is wrong. Mm. Look at why they got in that position. Look at what's happening. Look at how they're feeling. And then you can be more understanding about the lying. And actually, lying is a thing to be celebrated because it's quite a clever thing to do. Uh, because you've developed something that we call theory of mind, if you can lie, which is you've got reality, you can, you've got your version of reality, and you know that your mum, whoever you're lying to, has got their version of reality. So you're already holding two points of view, and then you are bringing in a third reality, if you like, which is the lie, which you are trying to persuade her to change hers. I think it's incredibly clever. And you can start to do this, this whole this theory of mind thing from about the age of four. I mean, a nine-month-old baby will lie, but not very well. For instance, they'll be eating their toast in their high chair or whatever. And when mummy's back's turns, so I'll just throw it over their shoulder and then smile. Do they do that? What? <laughs> and then they'll smile. Mummy turn around and go, and she'll see the toast on the floor and go, you haven't eaten that, have you? Yes, I have. <laughs> or whatever, the facial expression, or whatever. So they lie, but they, they don't realise that just because they can't see the toast anymore, mummy's going to think it's, you know, gone the right way. You know, but it's not, they're not so good at lying. No, it's when, yeah, when they get to, it's about, yeah, about three, like when they start nursery and stuff, and what they, I remember, I remember my three went to nursery, and the teacher said, oh, I didn't know you used to live in Singapore. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like... Uh, we didn't. Uh, That's wonderful. That, yeah. Uh, your three-year-old got the country Singapore. That is incredible. Yeah. And she was from Malaysia. She was like, oh, and she was just winning to... Oh, my God. Your daughter was... Daughter or son? Daughter. daughter yeah. Your daughter was trying to form a relationship with someone. So she tried to get closer to them yeah. by by saying, oh, I know where you've come from. That is so skilled. You must be so proud. <gasps> so We've all proud. Done it. She's not really Australian. She just thinks it makes her more likeable. Yeah. She does the accent. <laughs> She's from right. Croydon originally. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, that made, I'm quite good. disappointed now because oh. you know, I did like her because she had an Australian exactly. accent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. all part of my... Rafa's guts. That's all right. next to Anando's. <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I think Nando's was around then. So lying is one thing, but how do you get your kids to talk to you kind of at all, which is something I'm struggling a bit with now. So my son, Charlie, is five, and Mm -hmm. I'm reading this book called The Danish Guide to Parenting, Mm -hmm. which is, right, okay, here we go. So it's all about how the Danes Danes Mm -hmm. are very happy, and, you know, sometimes he'll just whack his brother for apparently no reason, but I know there is some, there's something behind it. Mm -hmm. And it says in this book, sample conversations, so you say to the child tell me what happened and the child says or oh, I hit my brother and you say why and the child says because he took my car and okay. like so I've tried that with my son I go why did you hit your brother and he goes don't know because you were angry and he goes don't know and I have nowhere to go with that I don't know what to do don't help know me, Philip, help me don't know <laughs> if you want your child to do a new behaviour then you have to do it first you don't tell them to do it you show them. Another thing, if, if you um, want your kids to listen to you as well, you have to listen to them. So that is, that is the number one behaviour you want to model is listening. So you listen to your kids. And by listening to them, that means sometimes you observe them and then notice what it is they're probably feeling. I mean, they kind of have, you know... They don't usually hide it that well, what Mm. they're feeling. And then you put into words what they're feeling. And very gradually, they kind of pick up this sort of emotional intelligence. Um, An example I can give you is that um, I wish I was the perfect parent, but uh, I wasn't. And occasionally, I would take out my temper on my poor small child which I'm not proud about but I would occasionally say to my daughter I'm really sorry I was so grumpy with you uh, this morning it wasn't your fault I was just really tired and I took it out on you and that's not fair and I'm sorry and she sort of didn't know she was listening or not but I said it Hmm. and then when she was about four years old um, I can remember where she was standing actually she was standing just there by the fruit bowl in the kitchen and uh, she was eating banana and she said, Oh, mummy, I am so sorry. I was really bad tempered in the car. It's because I was hungry. I'm much better now. And I just thought, Oh my God. She has apologised for how she was. I couldn't even remember how she was in the car. So I just went, Oh, that's fine. That's, thank you. That's mm. very nice. But it's because I had modelled that ever since she was naught years old about when I was behaving in an unacceptable way, which we all do, mm. even though we're grown up, um, rather than always being right, just say, actually, I was wrong about that, mm. and I'm really sorry. And then they learn to do that as well. It's amazing. Um, so, I think it's important to acknowledge, that, isn't it, that we all have bad days and we all lose our temper yeah. and we all behave in a way that, that we're, we're not, not proud, proud of. Yeah, yeah. 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 The thing is, that causes a rupture. And the thing is, when you have a rupture, you need to repair it. And so if you model this, you know, repairing any sort of rupture, then your kids will just pick up on that's the way to be. 
Um, so if we tend to interrogate our children, they will learn to inter- interrogate. So you might want to say instead, I notice you hit your brother. And I notice that um, he's now playing with your car. And I guess you're frustrated he took it off you. And you can just sort of leave it there, mm. if you mm. like. Um, and if he goes to hit, you can sort of hold him and go, we don't hit. Mm. But what you can do, because you're so angry, is throw this softball against this great or whatever it is okay you know you can offer him an alternative way of getting out his anger and then you can find a way of you can you can model it by saying you know i don't like it when you throw your chocolate mousse on the floor what i would like is if you would say no more chocolate mousse please and i can take it away Mm. you know and you keep saying that from you know age 18 months Mm. to age six and then you'll get so shocked one day at age seven when they go I don't like this um, sago pudding Um, could you just remove it (laughs) or I'm going to remove it or whatever and you can go fine yeah yeah you know it's you just have to model what you want it takes a lot longer than going stop that so instead of stop that you say but I don't like what you're doing is that the thing yeah I don't like what what you're doing and then when they say to you, because they'll model everything you do, I don't like what you're doing, you go, oh, I see you don't like what I'm doing. Mm. Thank you for telling me that. I am going to carry on brushing your hair, cleaning your teeth, whatever it is, and I'm really sorry you don't like it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I am going to comb the nits out of your yeah. hair right now because we can't let you out in public. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We need to do this. I'm very sorry. Yeah. Because when I do have to comb nits out, I said, look, I don't want to do it and I know what it's like. I didn't like it either when I said, but it'll be over very soon and we have to do this because it's... I actually love doing knits. We love doing knits because I got a little baby toy microscope and we put the knits under (gasps) the microscope and watched them and made it into a marvellous learning opportunity. You're a genius. (laughs) Oh, God. I had had, um, uh, a load of children here and uh, after school because all the mothers were working and I wasn't, so I somehow sort of picked them all up and gave them all tea here. You were like a funnel of children. Oh, God. <laughs> the pint and, pint and I can remember a lot of head scratching going on. I thought, oh, oh have a look. And I thought, they all had fucking nits. And I thought, right. So I got some stuff. Shaved um, their heads. And I got my knit comb. And <laughs> Kerosene. I, I had b- uh, mixing bowls all on the table and we did all our hairs and we did all the thing. And then I bought little... I got little bottles so when all the mums came up I went and this is what you've got to do your hair with at home and I've done it all and this mother from down the road here darling Juliet said I hate you you are the perfect mother you are vile I went I know I'm sorry <laughs> um, now going the other way because we talked about meltdown and stuff can we praise our children too much like in terms of like the sick of you know like the what are they called the emperor children or the Oh, yes, you can. Mm. Okay, now, reward and punishment, praise and its opposite. That's not how you relate to people, is it? Mm. I mean, do you try and manipulate each other like that? Oh, Ellie, well well done. You bought the cakes. Good girl. (laughs) I I tell you what, what? Will got a blowjob the other day and there were no shoes in that lounge. I'm joking, of course. I don't know what the shoes has got to do with it. But I just feel like if you're going to praise, only praise effort. Only praise the effort. Oh, my God, you're trying so hard. I'm quite impressed with that. So what you do is when they show you a picture, the nicest compliment you can give them is to be interested in the picture, not give it a judgment. Mm. Yeah. So you go, oh, look. I, I can see that there's a house there and the sun's out and there's lots of green grass. Oh, that sun feels warm. I'd like I'd like to spend an afternoon at that house. It looks really fun. Yeah. Like that. And then they trot off and do another picture. If you go, oh, yes, that's lovely, dear. Really lovely picture. You can see mm. the sort of like, where do I go from here? I've got the accolade. I've got the yeah, star. The stamp. Does it help if you do it in a Danish accent? No. Tech. <laughs> No. All right. Okay. Not, stop not doing that even, then. Not even funny. It helps if you're, you're really. And some meatballs. It helps is if you're. No, really, Danish love. Danish. Oh, sorry. If you're really yourself, be yourself. Mm. D- sort of not not this sort of like I am going to be a machine that mm. that's going to pre- manipulate my kid into being the best it can possibly be. 
it being the objective word here because mm. you you're treating your kid like an object to be shaped and manipulated rather than a person to be related to relate 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 mm. pay them attention listen to what they're saying make sure you've got it right the reward and punishment what you're not training a dog um i treat those two the same yeah and i'm not keen on either of them mm. really not so no naughty steps no 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 time, time in time out no. nothing like that no, no smacking so what do you do then if you so say you your child has done something that is really you know he's hurt another child or she's like like one thing charlie does is sometimes if he's angry with us because we've got to leave somewhere but he'll throw something from the back of the car at Pete in, who, who's driving which obviously is quite dangerous and we can't you know it's like don't do that you know I don't like it when you do that not okay if you do that you're going to your room or mm. something I don't like the you're going to your room if you do that because you just get in this sort of like I hate you mum mm. and I hate you kid sort mm. of meltdown yeah. sort of like how about I know this is going to frustrate you but we are going to have to leave in 10 minutes okay we're going to leave in five minutes three Mm. minutes one minute we're going Mm. so he's got the warning he doesn't have to demonstrate his disappointment because you really fully understand it Mm. and so it's just a form of communication the sock Mm. or the stone that goes across and hits your husband on the head when he's driving Mm. and so i mean we've all done it (laughs) (laughs) so if you can encourage them to talk in other ways now what we tend to do because we just want to shut that shit down Mm. what we tend to do without meaning to tell them off for feeling frustrated right that's the mistake or we we say don't worry because we're going to the zoo later we try and distract them that's not the way to do it steer into the skid acknowledge the feeling you really don't want to acknowledge i mean the worst ones are you know is when they pinch the new baby you know, and cause the new baby to cry. You are absolutely bloody furious and, you know, because you want to protect your newborn, so you've got all these floods of emotion going up. But what you do is you get on the same level as the kid and you go, you're really, really fed up with the new baby, aren't you? And the new baby goes, why can't we take it back to the hospital? I don't like it. You go, oh, you really like that. So you have to acknowledge what you don't want to acknowledge. You have to steer into the skid you really rather steer out of. You have to go right in there and you have to say, and then you have to say more. You have to say, it's really difficult. Everybody's coming to the house, praising the new baby and expecting you to be as delighted as everybody else is. And you're really not, are you? You are fed up. Your world's been thrown upside down. And now you have to share mummy and daddy with this person that can't even play with you. And what do you do there? Because I've, I've you done do that. that. But if you've done it and then the child, as has happened to me, either runs away or hits you repeatedly, which I get sometimes, then you just or runs off and just arms. does it again and again You just and again. hold the arms and you go, yeah, you want to hit me. It's really bad. You just stay with the really bad feelings and they will, they will exhaust themselves eventually. And what they tend to do is sort of like, then you hear the baby crying and you go, oh, there's the baby crying again. What should we do? And he'll go, let's just leave it for a bit. He's go, all right, we'll leave it for a bit. Mm. And then we might say, you know, when you're crying an awful lot, it'd be awful if no one came to you, wouldn't it? You'd feel really sad if I didn't come to you when you were crying. So maybe we should go to the baby. Come and help me with the baby. You know, include, include, mm. even though that's a real pain. Mm. And so... If when you have another child, because that I think is the most devastating thing that can happen to an existing child, you somehow make his life more interesting and better because of that child rather than worse and deserted, then they will love their sibling. Mm-hmm. If you make them feel like from you know it's the end of the world and life is never the same again, they will. They won't hate you. They might be angry with you, but they won't hate you. But they will hate their sibling. So you have to sort of make life even more fun as if you hadn't got enough to do when yeah. the new baby <laughs> comes along. Your nipples are leaking and your fanny's bleeding and yeah, yeah. tired. Turn your lounge into Legoland! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> it's, it's sort of like, you know, when you go to the supermarket, it's sort of like, well, the baby can't help me 
see what we need for supper but you can Bing. what's Bing that down. marshmallows for supper why not yeah. you know yeah right that's it when we get home I'm going to teach Charlie to breastfeed <laughs> we're off you know as, as we said earlier we've all lost our temper and we all have shouted at yeah. our children is it such a terrible thing if they sometimes not every day not all the time but is it so terrible to sometimes see that you are really angry and that sometimes that is what people do when they're cross no it's not a terrible thing but I do think that shouting is unacceptable and even though I do it, because it's unacceptable, I apologise for doing it. Not that that makes it okay. Not that I think, mm. oh, I can shout because I can apologise later. I try not to. But, you know, sometimes self-without. You know, the, the worst thing you're told in all the parenting books is shouting at people when they're potty training. Right? That is a terrible, terrible thing. Mm. My daughter was not that great at getting potty trained. And she was actually four years old and she still occasionally shit herself. She had got marvellous concentration, however, because I have this thing about never interrupt a baby, never interrupt a toddler when they're playing a game, unless you really, really have to. So she developed amazing powers of concentration. But she had this thing called a poo face. I'll just do it for you now. <laughs> like, so I knew that's, like she... my, that's like my sex face. <laughs> so you've got, you've got an idea, listener, now what the poo face is. <laughs> And then, um, so most of the time, I saw the poo face and managed to get on the potty. But anyway, I was watching her play one day, and then she put her hands on her face like that, and then carried on playing, and I smelt this poo. I went, you little bugger! (laughs) You knew you were going to do a poo, so you covered your face so you didn't have to stop playing. And I lost it, big time. You know, I shouted, tears everywhere, sulking. And afterwards, I might have said, I'm really sorry I shouted about the poo thing. However, please, if you're going to do a poo, do it on the loo. (laughs) Yeah, I probably did say that. She never pooed her pants again. And I do think, I mean, I'm not saying this is what you should do, but I do Mm. think my losing my temper was pretty scary. Yeah. Covering her face. I mean, I'm angry just going over it again. (laughs) I'm furious. I'm not half in her. Where is she? Let me have a word. Uh, she's uh, at work. She's a journalist. She's uh... right. <laughs> but, uh... well, she'll go down there and shout through the no, network. This was twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, have you got any more Philippa aphorisms? Have you have you got any more nuggets of Philippa wisdom to pass on to our listeners? Oh God! Like I don't know. You, you never get involved me. in a land war in Asia, something like that. <laughs> I guess what do you do? What's a good thing to do? Or how do you cope if you're having one of those days? Which again, I, I think most if not all of us have had where you're like do you know what this is really hard I'm very tired my kids are winding me up I've had enough I've had enough it is boring Uh, it is uh, repetitive it is monotonous and you know when you are doing something at work in the big wide world you get you, 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 you you do the work and then you see the thing you've made that's amazing mm Whereas, you know, you have a day of changing nappies and mopping up spills and, and, and talking Sylvanian families until you're hoarse or whatever for entertainment. And the baby looks exactly the same as it did this morning. It's sort of like the reward for the effort put in feels very minimal and that can get you down. Mm. It can really feel like I'm not making any difference here. Nothing is happening. My little tip is remember what you do is meaningful. Even though it's like drip, drip, drip of water, you know, being nice, um, being warm, being loving, it can take a lot of effort sometimes because you might not feel like it, but, you know, you might feel like shouting when actually you go, oh dear, you've dropped it again. Don't worry, we can wipe it out. You know, you say all that and you want to go, I've but you know you're bracketing that and you're managing to find your kind part and putting that forward and it can feel like a massive effort remember it will pay off in the end it's just like this is 20 year project not a not a not a 10 minute one honestly the relationships you have with your adult children when you've listened to them taken them seriously as people and not think of them as jokes that you can just dismiss it's just fabulous. You know, you've got, you've got someone who is, uh, you know, a fabulous tribe member. Someone who's got your back for a change. It's, it's just the most beautiful thing. Think of the end game. That's my aphorism. Oh, I love that. Game. Yeah. yeah. Stick that on a coaster. Job done. Um, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Philippa. I think oh, now it's it, time. I'm sure I could talk about myself a bit more. Have we really finished? 
Let's have a look at this. Are there any secrets? What's that? We didn't do that. I was I was referring to are there any secrets of a good marriage? Or a good oh, the pattern. word secret I have a problem with. Secrets are really, really bad. Don't ever have any. I agree with that, you see. Is I it, do too. Yeah. Is it okay to row? No, not really. It isn't. It's really not. Yes, it is. He's trying really, it out. It's really, really not very kind. But I think it's okay to disagree and discuss. She's just nailing it. I know, I like How this. How do we raise children so they don't become assholes? What's the secret? Ah, ha, ha. Okay. Children become assholes when we don't give them enough attention. So they have to become assholes in order to get our attention. So we are the asshole when they are assholes. If you don't like something in your child, then look to yourself and not the child in order to correct it. And there's not much going on with the kid that can't be made better by good, positive attention. You're going to have to give the kid attention anyway, so you might as well make it positive attention. You might as well put it positive first, Mm. even though it's going to take ages, then negative later, which takes even longer and isn't so nice. But what would you say to someone to someone who said, um, well, that sounds great and I would love to give my child super attention all the time, but sometimes I have to make the tea or put the wash on or feed the baby. Okay, or, you when know, you're doing that, you just involve the child. You don't, you don't exclude the child when you're putting the wash on. You don't exclude the child when you're doing the baby. You involve the child, you talk to the child. I'm not saying that you should be so completely child-led that you just follow them around and commentate on what they're doing, but that you do say, come on, we're going to make pastry because I've got to make tea tonight. And um, here, you rub in the fat. You just involve them. what if they say, I don't want to do that? You go, okay, you don't have to do it. Um, But this is what I'm going to do. So you just don't push the child away. If you push your child away, they will become an asshole. If you let your child in, and a lot of the time, they are—they don't want to make pastry with you. They want to play Sylvanian families. Good, they'll go off and do it. And they'll go off and do it happily without being an asshole if they feel you're always there and always available to come back to. So if you want to get more free time away from your child and doing everything they do, bombard them with attention and then they feel secure and then they walk away from you. That's an aphorism. Mm-hmm. Don't walk away from them. Let them walk away from you and be there for them to come back to. Okay, next one. Done. I think it's really important to light up every time your kid comes into the room because you are a mirror. For They see themselves in you as a mirror. So light up rather than say, take your shoes off. Light up and then say, take your shoes off. Okay. Light up first. Mm. Well, thank you, Philippa. Thank you for sharing your your sage wisdoms. Um, now we always do like to round off the podcast with scummy mummy confessions. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start with? The, should we start with a, a listener? Yes, one, we Paige? do have a listener, a lovely listener who has sent us a scummy mummy confession from Kenya. So oh, this wow. is a woman called Jess. And she says, my two-year-old had his first day back at kindergarten this morning. I wasn't late. I did, however, have my trousers on inside out and the smell of poo from a day-old cloth nappy. I only remembered about this this morning, and it's on my hands. Hooray! Hooray! Hooray. Well done, Jess. Thank you, Jess, for sharing that. All the way from Kenya. Hello, Kenya. Yes. Oh, that's lovely. Helen, do you have a, a confession for us? Yeah, I was on holiday in France with my family. There was 11 of us, brothers, mum, you know, cousins, etc. And uh, my son wanted to play with the iPhone. He was just going to play some CBeebies game. I said, that's fine. We're all chatting. And then he came back with my iPhone and said, I just took a photo of my poo. Oh, yeah. (laughs) um, That's sweet. Isn't it? Lovely stuff. (laughs) Lovely. Now, Philippa, do you have a a scummy mummy confession you would like to share? Um, you see, my daughter is now 24, so the poo things are fading now. Mm. Oh, my God. There was one when she was having um, a bath with her friend, and her friend started screaming because Flo had done a little poo. A little, oh, a little brown fish, I said, but it didn't really. And she was screaming because she was very fastidious, this child. But, you know, whatever. Why is it floating? Is it dead? <laughs> you know. I just it's think, a sea monkey. It's, you relax in the bath. It's bound to slip out. Anyway. Yeah. Done. Parenting. Done. Great. Oh, well, that's it, isn't it, Helen? That's the end this of the been podcast. an amazing podcast. Thank you, Philippa. Yes, You're thank you very so much. Welcome. And uh, it's been great not working for 
two hours <laughs> good <laughs> and listen to Philippa's amazing show on the Radio 4 website we'll put up the link and you've got a book haven't you called is it How to Stay Sane yeah How to Stay Sane um, now if you have enjoyed the podcast as always please uh, tell your friends if you want to leave us an iTunes review that's brilliant because it helps push us up the charts and it means more people get to hear about the podcast yeah that's fantastic and we're doing some more live shows coming up soon so do check our website on the live shows link alright is that it then it is it is thanks everyone thank you again Philip and thank you for hosting us and being such a brilliant guest you're very welcome I'm strangely tired now <laughs> I'm lovely. emotionally drained uh, yes I'm as high as a kite okay so let's go until next time bye 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 I like video games, though, so it's, you know, I'm... I love a game. I'm Pokemon crazy. Are you? What level are you? Uh, 16 or 17. Let me have a look, actually. Let's have a look. Now we're getting into the real, the real Philippa. Have you got a growler? I don't know. Let me have a look. What is a growler? Growl-eyed is the correct term, actually. I just was being filthy. I don't know. I might have. What is a growler when it's rude? It's a, you know... But, you know, 16 or 17 I am. You, and you I've got are good. Pikachus. She's we've on found it. our people. We're desperate for a Pikachu. Me and my son go out Pikachu hunting quite a lot. And and we've, we've got, got two, I've got two Pikachus. But you can't do swaps, can you? No, yeah. it's not like cards. I might, one day you'll I be might have to. your growler for one of my Pikachus. Oh! Well, think you... about that. Not since university. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.